The original idea back in 1989-90 was that you know, we, we were actually commissioned by the Amateur Athletic Foundation of Los Angeles to do this study the first few times. And that very first time, the foundation had held a, uh, a conference for a, a good number of media people to kind of put uh, some images up in front of them to it, it, sort of criti criticizing the way they covered race and also women's sports um, on television. And a lot of the media people said, well, this is just anecdotal. Uh, you really aren't really looking at this scientifically or systematically. And Margaret Duncan and I were kind of on the spot and said, uh, well, we'll do a study for you then if you want something more systematic. So that's how the study began. And, and what we did was we, uh, we chose the three network affiliates here in L.A. Um, and uh, looked at the, the uh, early evening, 6 o'clock, and late night, uh, 10 to 11 news, and uh, took two-week segments in three different seasons so we could kind of get across different sports seasons. We, we uh, sample two weeks in March, two weeks in July, two weeks in November. Um, and we've done that pretty much the same way every five years. Now, in 99, we added ESPN Sports Center. So we have uh, 99, 2004, and 2009 data on Sports Center as well. Um, and we, we just kind of analyze uh, quantitatively just, you know, how much coverage does women's sports get and men's sports get. Uh, qualitatively, you know, when they do cover women's sports, how do they do it? How do they talk about women? Uh, do they do it respectfully? Do they do it in some ways that are stereotypical or different from the way they might cover men's sports? So it's both a study of the quantity and quality of um, uh, gender in sports and, and on, on the news and the highlight shows. And the, I think one of the main values of the study at this point now is the longitudinal nature of it. In other words, you know, having uh, these uh, five data points now over five years starting from 1989. We can really chronicle to what extent things have changed or not. And unfortunately, the, the main story right now is that things haven't changed in a positive direction from the point of view of people who are interested in uh, equity for, for women's sports coverage. And the, the first couple of times we did the study, women's sports got about 5%. 1989, 1994, the the women got about 5% of the coverage. And a lot of people back then said, well, it's just going to grow kind of organically over time. People are more interested in sports. Girls are playing sports in greater and greater numbers. Parents are supportive of their girls playing. And then, indeed, in 1989, the proportion went up to about 8.7%. And uh, we started to think, well, yeah, people are, are right. Maybe there is this sort of evolutionary growth in the coverage of women's sports on uh, the news. But then in 2004, it dropped down to 6.3%. And then, gosh, in 2009, we were actually pretty shocked. It dropped down to 1.6%, the lowest ever in our study. Um, it just felt like it dropped off a cliff. There was almost no coverage at all. And sports centers about the same, 1.4% of their airtime in the segments that we sampled were uh, devoted to women's sports. You know, to uh, to those who are at least a little bit in the know or who at least pay uh, passive attention to issues of, uh, of gender equity or fairness or however we want to, uh, you know, we want to frame it, uh, the results should not be too surprising that men's coverage, uh, men's athletics gets far more coverage than women's athletics. But I think, as you just mentioned, I mean, when I was reading this, this report, uh, the thing that, that was most surprising to me was that 
we're taking steps backwards from 1989. I mean, isn't one of the whole ideas that with the explosion of new media outlets that there'd be more information? I mean, Fox isn't included because, of course, in 1989, Fox was, was barely a blip on, on the map. Um, yeah. But one would think, I mean, the, you know, we're both educators. I think one of the worst things to happen to uh, the American constituency has been this idea of 24-hour news coverage, right? Because when you have to fill 24 hours, you'll fill it with anything, and, and that anything appears important. Well, one would think if you've got cable channels devoted to all sports all the time, that there should have been an explosion of coverage of not only issues of gender, but international sports. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I'm at Cal State Fullerton. We have a, a, a very good baseball team. You would think, you know, collegiate, you know, World Series and so forth. And yet, as you point out, I think the take-home uh, finding from this study is that we've regressed since 1989, or back to, to 1989. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the point you make about the expansion of media is especially appropriate to thinking about ESPN because, the, you know, kind of the constant across our study from 1989 to 2009 is the three network affiliates were pretty kind of like, that's, that's sort of standard old-school media. Uh, and then in in 99, we added Sports Center because at, by that point, people were starting to get a lot more of their sports information from highlight shows like Sports Center. Uh, on ESPN and maybe not so much on the traditional TV news. Um, and ESPN really does kind of fit in with that 24-7 format. I mean, you can turn on ESPN pretty much any time and get live sports or sports center. I mean, they're running sports center, uh, hour-long sports center shows every few hours uh, all day and all night. Um, and you would think that with that expansion of that time frame that they would be uh, expanding the kinds and numbers of sports that they that they cover, as you say. But I th- what I see is is a is a, is both on the TV news and on Sports Center is a retrenchment a, a, into a very small number of sports. It's not just that they're covering this huge array of men's sports all the time. It's really they're covering what I call the big three. It's basically college and professional football and basketball and professional baseball men's uh, men's sports. And so all of those other men's sports, and golf gets a little coverage, men's golf a little coverage, but most of those other men's sports are also getting short shrift um, along with all of the women's sports getting short shrift. So there's this very, very centralized focus on these big three uh, men's sports. Now, what's, what's ironic about that, at least, from again, from the point of view of Sports Center and ESPN, though, is that in recent years, ESPN actually has done a better job of covering live women's sports. Um, when we first started doing the study back in 1989-90 uh, and then in, the second time in the early 90s, uh, you mentioned in the opening that the, the, uh, the uh, college women's basketball comparison, they, uh, none of the TV networks were showing any women's college basketball back then, and they would, they would show maybe the national championship game on tape delay or something. So you, you just could not see basket, women's basketball. Now, the last few years, during the regular season, there's the occasional game being, being shown live, and then the women's NCAA tournament gets very, very good coverage the last couple of years, um, most of it on ESPN, sometimes on, on network. And so what's ironic is that when you think of Kind of audience-building strategies that that networks seem to deploy very nicely with men's sports. Like if if uh, 
if a network is showing the World Series or something, the network news is going to really play up the World Series. You can just bet on that. And it's a way of helping within the network to build audiences for that event. Um, and the media does this just organically for men's sports. It's just constantly this sort of loop of coverage of, of highlight shows, TV news, uh, print news, and televised uh, action. And for women's sports, there, there's very little of that. And you would think that Sports Center, being as good as they are at, at self-marketing, would have picked up that if they uh, cover women's NCAA basketball on Sports Center, it might help build audience for the audiences for the shows that they're actually showing. Sure. So. You know, uh, for those just tuning in, uh, we're speaking with Professor Michael Messner of University of Southern California Center for Feminist Research. We're taking a look at the absence of uh, gender in televised sports and a new study uh, published from the center uh, examining uh, coverage of uh, gender in televised sports. Uh, one of the, the things, I think I, I heard you, I don't know if it was on uh, one of the local NPR affiliates or NPR or somewhere, but I think you had pointed out that if you actually look at who the top athletes are internationally, they're women, whether it's, it's athletic ability in terms of ranking or whether it's, it's simply popularity. If, if we want to take a look at you know, the Williams sisters, for one thing, um, you know, I'd love to see them uh, go head-to-head with some of the men's uh, tennis champions and uh, really get to see you know, who, who's ranked a, as the top. But you've got uh, you know, women in, was it Danica? I, I'm not a sports uh, aficionado, but was it Danica Patrick? You're right, the race car driver. You know, or you take a look at, uh, you know, the, the Winter Olympics. You had uh, the, uh, the ski jumpers or the slalom, with the woman who you know, broke her ankle or wh- whatever it was. Um, you see women as some of the most popular athletes and, and certainly some of the most uh, successful or competitive athletes. And yet they get mentioned for maybe a couple of weeks and... And they're gone. So, well, the the the, the big uh, sort of uh, blip, I guess you would say, in the coverage of women athletes uh, in the mass media in the United States tends to be around the Olympics, and the, and there's a, there's a tremendous amount of nationalism that kind of gets wrapped into that. Suddenly, women athletes become uh, useful or or uh, as as kind of national icons, I guess you would say. But that's you know once every four years or once every two years, if you're counting the the uh, winter and and summer Olympics, but our sort of day-to-day, uh, year-to-year uh, college and professional sports, you know, there really isn't that much coverage. And one of the things that we noticed, if, if you're just kind of talking about popularity and, and, and women athletes as icons or heroes, um, one of the things we noticed over the years was that when women are portrayed portrayed on Sports Center or on the TV news. Um, uh, a really conventional way to portray them in the not-too-distant past was to uh, highlight them as, as sex objects or to, to uh, make kind of sexualized jokes about them, kind of degrading jokes about them. Um, this was very common back in the uh, early to mid-1990s in all of the shows that we were analyzing. And uh, when, um, what, what we noticed in the, in the 2004 study is that was, there was a real decline in that kind of, we just call it sort of humorous sexualization or degrading sexualization uh, and joking a, about women athletes. So the focus back then on, you know, 
um, tennis players like Anna Kournikova, who really never won a, a, a big tournament or, or very rarely won anything, but somehow was the biggest women's sports media star because she was beautiful and a model and she played up her sexiness and so forth. But then they would, you know, ignore the top actual top women tennis players. But what we've noticed in that, in, in as I said, in 2004, we noticed a decline of that, and then in 2009. There was very, very little of that. There were one or two cases that we kind of picked out that really kind of stood out because now they seem kind of unusual, but when they were more the, the, the rule 10 or 15, 20 years ago. Um, but, but in, and, and that's what, you know, the media has been criticized a lot for sexualizing women athletes, kind of packaging them for supposed male audiences who just want, you know, if they want to see women bodies, they just want to see them as sexy bodies, not as powerful or strong and, and athletic and competitive. Um, but when they stopped doing that or, or almost stopped doing that in, in our 2009 sample, that wasn't replaced by increase in respectful uh, uh, coverage of women athletes, kind of glorifying their, their uh, athletic exploits and so forth. In essence, when they quit sexualizing women athletes, they quit covering them at all. That's what it appears to be to, to what appears to have happened over the last year. You know, one of the things. Um, well, I, you know, here's a confession. I mean, as I mentioned, I'm not the biggest sports fan. I, I guess uh, I find sports, and I don't mean to insult you or anybody else if you're sports fans. It's just something you know that this study and other studies highlight. Sometimes sports seems to bring out the worst of cultural stereotypes. The, uh, you know, one of my favorite books of recent years, I believe it's called The Forty Million Dollar Slaves, written, I forget the, the name of the author, but it's by uh, one of the sports editors of uh, the New York Times sports page, you know, taking a look at the fact that, uh, you know, athletics is often a bunch of white men, um, placing bets on the athletic prowess of African-American males, or one could look at, uh, so there's a very racialized component to, uh, to athletics, or uh, Nathan McCall wrote uh, in his uh, book, What's Going On, wrote an, an article about, uh, you know, pickup games of basketball at parks often come down to blacks versus whites as opposed to shirts versus skins, and the stakes are often more than just who gets to buy whom a, a, a six-pack of beer. Um, one can look at, you know, as, as the study mentions, you know, covers of, of Laker girls. One sees gender very prominent in athletics where the men are the hunters, if you will, and the females, you know, stand on the sidelines in very skimpy attire and cheer them on. And then the, the, the lone female uh, reporter then goes into a locker room with half-clad men and, and interviews them after their victory, if you will. And then, of course, all the, the beer commercials and whatnot that, that intersperse athletics play play on this. So I guess my question, which maybe sounds a little bit more like commentary, but is this unique? Are, 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 is the study just focusing on one aspect of um, cultural stereotypes, or does sports really bring out, I mean, you also mentioned the, the nationalism that's involved. I mean, how would you respond to the allegation that you're, you're simply looking at the tip of the iceberg of what has been in a long trend of cultural stereotypes. Well, I think you're 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 definitely right on all, on all of that. I mean, the, the, we're looking at um, I don't know if I'd call it a tip of an iceberg, but it's just a a, a corner of a, of a larger sort of field of social relations that the you know, network news and ESPN sports. Uh, 
uh, coverage of, of uh, women and men athletes. But, uh, no, I mean, sports really is, this is one of the reasons I'm fascinated by sports. I mean, I grew up liking it, but I became sort of a, uh, more of a critic. Um, and as a sociologist, one of the reasons I like studying sports is because a lot of people um, who like sports experience it as this sort of playground. It's kind of a place to go that's separate from the rest of their lives, and they experience it as a place to kind of escape to. But when you really start analyzing sports, you see that it tends to reflect all that's true about our society and, and about the world that we live in. It's not a separate place. It's totally intertwined with the economic relations, race relations, gender and sexual relations of the society. And as such, it, it tends to, to reflect um, as you point out, I think a lot, a lot of the worst aspects of society, a, a, you know, a terrible history of racism. Um, that, uh, but, but the other side is when you look at race in sports, what you see is that it's, sports is not just a place that's kind of this conservative bastion of the race relations. It's a place where race relations, one of the many places in society where race relations were historically and continue to be contested by African Americans and, and uh, Latin Americans now in baseball and so forth, um, and, and, and in terms of gender relations, which has been more my focus of, of research over the years, um, it's historically been a place that women have really contested the, the stereotypes of women as weak and frail. Uh, it's a place where women have contested men's control of institutions. So, and a lot of men still experience sports as this sort of last bastion of masculinity, a place that they feel kind of still manages to... Uh, to support the idea of male superiority over women. Thus, I think this is, it, it, this is why it's so important for, to contest this, to, and, and it's so important to push for equity and fairness in, in news coverage because it has these broader implications for how we think about ourselves. And so the so sports is not a separate world, but, but a place that, you know, in terms of mediated sports, it's a place that tells us stories about who we are. It tells us stories about where we stand today in terms of race relations with each other and where we stand in terms of nationalism in, in the world, where we stand uh, in terms of uh, re relations between women and men. Uh, you know, how respectful are we really of women? How comfortable really are we with powerful women and competitive women? Um, well, and on and that on that last point, I mean, I think there is, you know, kind of a, a double standard because, I, again, I forget which which uh, of the Williams sisters it was, but uh, a couple of years ago in a highly competitive match when uh, she had a, a, a verbal outburst, you know, it became headline news, yet uh, we know that John McEnroe used to do that all the time. And if, if a male did that, I don't think it would have nearly received the kind of, you know, uh, outrage, if you will, or, or shock or surprise amongst, uh, amongst the American public. I mean, I think that that was a, a clearly, uh, I don't know if race played a, played a role in it. I, I hate to bring that into it, but I think gender definitely played a role in that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's uh, women athletes are, uh, and women coaches are faced with major double standards at all, uh, in, in many ways. Um, I think in that case, you know, you, you can't, talk about the Williams sisters without talking about both race and gender. I think that was Serena Williams you're talking about. And um, on the other hand, you know, the, the person that she had the verbal outburst at, at and who and, and basically threatened was also a woman of color. You know, right. the, the lines person was a woman of color. Uh, but, Sometimes but it's just people being people, you know. 
Yeah, but the response to her, I think you're, was, you're right, was disproportionate and, and, you know, compared to the way they might have responded to John McEnroe uh, back when he was having similar kinds of outbursts on a pretty regular basis. Um, the, the other kinds of double standards that I think women face uh, in sports are kind of similar to double standards women face in the corporate world, in the man, world of management, and in, in the professions. Is, you know, you know, and it's really highlighted in sports because because sports really emphasizes the body. You know, and, and that that you have to be strong, competitive, powerful in order to be a a, a successful athlete. On the other hand. Uh, um, the traditional ways that we define women and femininity are uh, are the opposite of strong, you know, and, and competitive and, and aggressive. Um, so how do you kind of negotiate that terrain? And I think one of the ways that women athletes just collectively, one of the things co- women athletes collectively are accomplishing is they're stretching uh, and expanding the cultural definitions of femininity to include muscularity, to include strength and power, and that can have some spillover into um, the world of the professions, management, uh, uh, maybe other sorts of uh, even blue-collar occupations to expand the, the sort of respect that men hold for women. We're speaking with Professor Michael Messner. Uh, he is one of the investigators behind Gender in Televised Sports News and Highlight Shows 1989 to 2009. It examines gender in televised sports. It's a report put out by the Center for Feminist Research at USC. Uh, I want to get to what listeners could do about it. But before that, just take our listeners through some of the major findings, just so we have a a, a sense. I mean, I know we've touched upon them. You know, uh, you also looked at tickers and, um, you know, professional sports. If you could just quickly itemize some of the major findings. Yeah, well, the main finding, I guess, I've already outlined, which is that the just the overall coverage of women in news and highlight shows over the last 20 years has declined. The amount of coverage uh, that women do get, women athletes and women sports does get in, on ESPN and on the network affiliates, is relegated more to the, uh, the scrolling ticker at the bottom of the screen uh, rather than to main news shows. So, uh, so literally what coverage women does, do get is, is on the margins of the screen, the vast majority of it. Um, and that hasn't changed over time. Uh, and uh, when you compare, we, we compare WNBA and NBA and, and NCAA women's and men's basketball because those are kind of symmetrical sports that, that, that you know, lend themselves to good comparisons. And you did a good summary of that at the, at the outset. But the, the punchline there is that uh, men's basketball, pro and college, get way, way more coverage. And one of the things that we looked at was in-season and out-of-season coverage, and we found that the big three men's sports, football, basketball, baseball, actually get tons of coverage even when they're out of season uh, on these news and highlight shows. And the women's sports get zero coverage out of season and then just a tiny bit of coverage while they're in season. So this is, this is a sort of annual audience building sort of machine kind of cranking with the, the news media and sports center to that, uh, that, that sustain and help to cre- recreate interest in these big, uh, big men's sports. You know, I, I must uh, throw in that when I posted the, uh, today's topic and uh, the little abstract, if you will, to uh, our listserv and our website and whatnot, I got several emails um, asking about uh, women's soccer. There are a lot of fans of the Los Angeles Soul 
Uh, I must confess, I've never been to a Galaxy game, but I have been to see the Soul play. Um, and a lot of people had said, I, I don't know the backstory. I don't know if I'm catching you off guard, but um, is it the W, I forget the, the women's soccer organization, but what they had to do just to get one game a week covered on the Fox Sports channel. But, mm. uh, you know, just that, that they're actually uh, perhaps with the loss of Beckham, a, a much more popular local team, and yet they're, you know, it's, one would be hard-pressed to find them anywhere on, on coverage, uh, on, on uh, television. I don't know if you know anything about that backstory. or uh, I, don't, I don't that much, other than that I know that, you know, when the uh, U.S. team won the World Cup a, a number of years ago, or the, the uh, Women's Soccer World Championship a number of years ago, uh, it led to this real boom in interest among girls, and now those girls are sort of at the uh, college and young adult age uh, and grew up playing soccer and, and not only like playing it now but but have become fans of soccer so there's, there's been and that that's a really interesting example of how uh, a, a sort of moment of, of media saturation of, of, uh, of a sport uh, can sort of um, infuse into a whole generation of people uh, an excitement for a sport, which I think now we're feeling the, the reverberations from. But, but you're right. I mean, at least on the, the news and highlight shows we examined, and, and we weren't looking at Fox this time around, but uh, there was no coverage, really, of women's soccer. So, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know the particular story you're talking about, about trying to get... But uh, I, I, th- I think it's, it's telling. I mean, one of the things that the, the study mentions is just, you know, the explosion of uh, female athletics programs within high schools and the number of females who are involved in sports over, you know, since the study began in 1989. And one would think that with this explosion of popularity of, you know, girls softball at high schools and colleges are often, you know, more popular and the teams are better than the, than the, the male counterparts. Um, well, and yet it hasn't been picked up by, uh, you know, by, by the news. How do the, the news outlets... Uh, respond? Are they aware of your studies? I should point well, out uh, that I did call uh, KABC and KCBS yesterday to try to get a comment uh, that I could read over the air, but uh, I was connected through a phone tree to so many different people that I, when I finally got to someone, they said they either weren't aware of the study or couldn't comment on it. Um, I'm wondering if you have had any any success. How did they justify you know this the fact that we've taken a step back from 1989 and the fact that female uh, athletes and female sports are seemingly becoming more popular well <laughs> i don't know how they re- respond frankly because uh you know maybe 10 years or so ago they had us on one of their news shows to talk about it but the last couple iterations of the study the tv news people and sports center have really not paid any attention to as far as we can see uh, what who, the people who do respond to it in the media are radio people like yourself who've gotten a good number of radio spots, a good number of, uh, a, a few, I should say, you know, sort of newspaper pieces, of, uh, a good number, a good deal of uh, uh, coverage in the blogosphere. Um, but, uh, but the main way that, that um, if you ask people in, in, who are doing programming, um, on the on television, the main response they have is to kind of fall back into a sort of market language of saying, "Well, we're just giving people what they want," and and uh, you know the uh, people don't like women's sports; they won't watch it, they don't want to read about it, they don't want you know, and they don't want to hear about it. And 
Um, I think what they're ignoring there is the role that they play in actively building audiences for men's sports. And there's a, there's a, there's a cautiousness there, I think. But it's also the fact that TV news, and this is one of the things we point out in the report, is TV news shows and ESPN Sports Center are, uh, 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 news and highlight shows are still one of the most sex-segregated occupations in the media. Um, you look at your TV uh, weather, anchors, ancillary reporters, they're pretty well integrated women and men now in most um, regions and the places that I look at on TV, certainly in the L.A. area. Uh, the sports desk on newspapers and on television tend to be um, almost entirely male, and you'll see an occasional woman on, on Sports Center and ESPN, but that's still almost all men there, too. And I think there's some reason to feel as though if, if you can uh, work towards desegregating that occupation, that women's sports might get a little bit more and, and more respectful coverage. But it's almost as though sports reporting is kind of cordoned off as a sort of lo uh, locker room uh, kind of uh, uh, little microcosm, men's locker room, that where, whereas he, uh, uh, more traditional, conventional male values about women and gender uh, still prevail. Hmm. Uh, so I think desegregating the, uh, the, that job is, is kind of part of the, the, the answer. The other thing is uh, kind of getting to, to you ask about, you know, what can be done about this is that, you know, uh, te newspapers, television, radio, they actually listen when people call in or write in uh, and say what they want to see and say what they want to hear. A lot of people really love, like I do, my favorite sports to watch live in recent years has been college women's basketball. I go to all the games at my university, and, and uh, it kills me that I can't see them on the highlights or news shows at all, or even on the L.A. Times just doesn't cover them at all. It, it bothers me. And, uh, you know, I, I write to the L.A. Times, and I ask them. And, you know, if I'm the only person doing that, they hear from me once a year. They're not going to say much. But if they hear from a lot of people, they will probably start covering it more. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there's, a, um, there's a movement by some organizations like the Women's Sports Foundation to try to push for uh, some corporate funding to set up a, uh, maybe a cable or, or uh, a kind of network that will just cover women's sports because their feeling is that the mainstream networks aren't going to do it, ESPN isn't going to do it, so let's figure out a way to do it outside of that field. Uh, and I think it would be nice to see that kind of thing develop, but uh, I'd also not want to quite yet give up on, you know, uh, putting pressure on the mainstream media to uh, give better and, and more respectful coverage to women's sports. I wouldn't want to concede that terrain to them and say, well, we'll, we'll ghettoize ourselves in a, uh, a small cable network or something like that. Right, it um, almost makes the problem more entrenched because then it's just kind of, okay, well, women fans, you go here, and male fans, you stay here, and it denies each audience the opportunity you know if you care about sports you care about competition you care about athleticism why not look for the best regardless of gender that's right that's absolutely right yeah. well this uh you know this and i just want to point out one thing that i i love that your, your study points out i think there's a there's a, a hidden uh commentary or, or, or a statement about uh, the status of news, but you, know, you mentioned the cyclical effect there that when, when questioned, the industry will say, well, we're, we're just providing the public what they want to hear, or our, you know, our market demographic is such that, well, 
it's very interesting that you're getting people from a news desk to admit that they're letting market forces dictate the content of news. I mean, that, right, that right. alone, you know, and, and it's, you know, John Stewart has done a lot poking fun at, you know, the Fox News channel where half of the time they claim that they're a news outlet. The other half of the time they say, look, we're just entertainment. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm a fan of Michael Moore, but that's been a problem I've had with Michael Moore, too. When he gets caught with, with a blunder, he says he's an entertainer, but when yeah. he's nominated for, for Best Documentary, he gladly accepts it. And I, I think that that's something that, you know, is, is really brought out. I mean, that's one of the things I really like about this study is that, as you say, it brings out a lot of cultural issues that, you know, people love sports. And so if you watch sports, you could really see you know, how it's almost a microcosm for the best and worst of our culture. And uh, I really uh, appreciate the way that uh, the report is written up. Sometimes, you know, when, when one wants to read reports, you know, you worry that it's just going to be tables and pie charts, and this really isn't so... Um, so my Although we do have the tables and pie charts. Yes, in there you do, and they're very, they're very, they're very reader friendly. But uh, please print it out on a color printer if possible for those yeah. who want to print it out because some of it is hard in black and white. Well, this is ultimately a show about activism, and uh, as you pointed out, this is an easy one. You don't have to risk arrest. You don't have to take to the streets with uh, pitchforks and torches. Uh, I think, as you say, simply calling your local uh, local news desks could really have an impact. Yeah, I think so. And if I could, uh, since you're mentioning the report one last time here, if I could urge people to uh, take a look at the report, it's, uh, it's, it's easily downloadable. You just go to the USC Center for Feminist Research uh, webpage there, and it's right there on the, it's the first thing that comes up. You can just click it and download it. And we will uh, link it to uh, the KUCI Talk page, so listeners can uh, just go to KUCI Talk, where the audio will be posted in about an hour and uh, hopefully they can click on that and uh, get the report as well. Uh, any final thoughts or comments? Uh, another thing people could do is just print it out, put it in uh, a manila envelope, and mail it to the different news desks. So this way they, can, they can't ever claim to have not received it or not seen it, and it'll only cost... Well, I don't know what stamps are these days. A couple of 40-cent stamps, I suppose. You can email the PDF for nothing. There you go. <laughs> uh, any yeah. final thoughts or comments? Uh, no, I think we've, we've uh, covered it well, and I, I just really appreciate your, your thoughtful uh, uh, comments as well, and, and uh, I appreciate that you've had a good look at the report and enjoyed my conversation with you. It's a great report, and again, I don't want to claim to not like sports. I'm actually quite a big NFL fan. I just sometimes don't like all of the stereotypes that go into watching, you know, a four hour, <laughs> devoting four hours to a nice competition and seeing all the different... Uh, isms, you know, kind of as a subtext. So I really, really uh, appreciate this study and respect the nuances that, that are highlighted. So uh, Professor Michael Messner, thank you so much for joining us, and we will go ahead and put a link to uh, the report. Thanks a lot. Thank you.